0: Season one of The Sandwich Universe is brought to you by Cabot Creamery.
1: Peanut butter and jelly. Grilled cheese. Pastrami. Tuna salad. The The sandwich Sandwich Universe.
0: Hello, and welcome back to the sandwich universe, where everything is a
1: sandwich. And a sandwich is everything.
0: I am Molly Vaz. I'm a professional chef, cookbook author, and recipe developer. Um, And I am joined here with my good friend, Declan Bond.
1: Hello, everyone. I am just a lowly professional eater, sandwich enthusiast, but a civilian representative.
0: And this is the final episode of the series. And so instead of tackling another iconic American deli sandwich, we decided that we would like to create our own iconic sandwich
1: in order to find uh, a brilliant novel sandwich. We're going to talk through a bit of, you know, what we've learned along the way as we've created a bunch of the iconic sandwiches and and done variations on those. And then we are going to hear about some of the weird, wild, bizarre, and delicious sandwiches that you guys have been making and have had uh, throughout your lives. And... I couldn't help myself. I did a bit of research before this episode just to just to try to understand, you know, how many sandwiches really Americans eat. And according to the South Florida Reporter, Americans eat on average 300 million sandwiches every day, which means that we basically eat one sandwich per day. Wait,
0: every single person, every each person eats one sandwich per day on average.
1: Yeah. Averaged out, Americans are eating 300 million sandwiches a day. There's about 300 and something million uh, Americans in America.
0: Holy smokes. Wait, that's <laughs> stressful because that means what that says to me is that there are a large handful of Americans that are eating like three to six sandwiches a day. <laughs> because massive. otherwise, like, how do we get?
1: Exactly. Every man, woman, and child is eating at least one sandwich a day, which...
0: Which means somebody's eating a lot. Bless you, whoever you
1: are. I mean, we're skewing. We're skewing the metrics. <laughs> we are. We're definitely...
0: Yeah, we are. This podcast <laughs> is skewing it. <laughs> uh,
1: for the better, I'd say.
0: Um. Wow, that's that's really pretty impressive, honestly.
1: Yeah. Shout out to America. All right, well, should we talk about what we've learned across a bunch of sandwiches?
0: Yeah, let's do like a... F- Full recap from the seas. What did we learn? We made so many sandwiches. There were so many discoveries, so many takeaways. I think we should try and go, we should try and pinpoint what some of the most important ones are so that the listener can leave this podcast with some real tools. You wanna go first? There are so many, but for the sake of keeping this brief, I think the first one for me is that texture is so important in a sandwich. So. Massive. There are some sandwiches that are just born textural, i.e. the BLT. Like what the BLT has going for itself is texture. We love that for the BLT.
1: One of the things I mean.
0: Sure. There's other things. It
1: is the bacon, lettuce and texture sandwich.
0: Exactly. And so. But then there are the other sandwiches that are maybe not notoriously extremely textural, such as, say, a tuna salad sandwich or an egg salad sandwich.
1: Egg salad, yep. And
0: I feel like what we were very successful at in this podcast is figuring out creative ways to introduce texture into those sandwiches that might not otherwise be there. So whether that be like a thick one-inch layer of Iceberg lettuce that you crunch into as you're making your way through that sort of like homogenous tuna salad, or whether it's adding, you know, chopped dill pickles or chopped celery into your tuna salad or your egg salad to sort of break up the monotony. And just recognizing, I just think we all need to recognize that texture is an important consideration when it comes to sandwich
1: architecture. Yeah, are you with me? I'm with you. I think. I mean, like I said, it's one of the reasons the BLT is is one of my faves. and yeah, I feel like pick- pickles have have really played a big part in uh, in texturizing some of those more sloppy, gloopy sandwiches. Um,
0: they really just played a big part in general. They played a big podcast. part, which
1: actually okay. So that's a good that cascades right right into one of my big takeaways, which is uh, from a flavor perspective, I feel like acid is it's not always the first thing you think of, but it might need to be going forward. It's it's something that most sandwiches are... E- it's easy to get, you know, more acidity into most sandwiches, but most sandwiches really spike on, you know, fattiness, uh, richness, savoriness, even sweetness sometimes. Mm-hmm. But acid is, is yeah. always something that can be leveled up, I feel like. So, like, you know, we did this with the, At- the Italian sandwich... Um, you know, adding a kind of slaw, you know, shredders, really heavily dressed with lots of vinegar. Um, Like we said, pickles all over the place, Um, pickled juice in the chicken brine, Uh, hot sauce, like a vinegary hot sauce. We made marinated onions for the breakfast sandwich. I just feel like there's always room to like level up the acidity of most sandwiches.
0: I think Kind of in tandem with that is heat, like spice. The 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 spice mm-hmm. factor is something. It's not welcome in every sandwich for sure, but I feel like we found ourselves reaching for some kind of like hot, saucy, chili centric condiment, and oftentimes those things are acidic, and so they, it can kind of play both parts.
1: Mm-hmm. I feel like it's not it's it, it's not super traditional in American sandwich dogma to. Yeah. Have, like, something really, you know, spicy and and really kind of...
0: But but at the same time, it's, like, it doesn't doesn't necessarily need to mean that your sandwich is net spicy. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But there can be a heat factor in a sandwich. And it can ultimately read as just, like, really well balanced with, like, a little bit of, like, a slow burn at the end. And that's really pleasant. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: Just brightening it up. Yeah. I also... You know, I have a problem where I eat sandwiches really, really fast sometimes. No, no, you have a problem
0: (laughs) where you eat everything really fast. You guys haven't had the pleasure of watching Declan eat. I had him over for dinner last night, um, and he literally was just face down in a bowl of rice and chicken for like 15 minutes, did not come up once for air. And he's just shoveling food straight to the facha.
1: Hey, it was it was a really delicious um, meal. I'm not sure who made it. It was, oh, yeah, it okay. wasn't clear. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought uh, at the end of the I'm meal just... you said
0: there was room for improvement. Did you not?
1: Yeah. That's how you left. That. I remember said that, yeah.
0: <laughs> okay, so, so, so acid, so heat. Another big one for me, and um, this was one that really, I think, um, was solidified for me in the Italian sando, but can be applied across the board, is this notion of a appropriate balance of meat or protein to like all of the other components of a sandwich. So with the Italian, obviously it's sliced cured meats and then the vinegary spicy pickly slaw. We found that having a, a 50-50 ratio was the best ratio for that sandwich. But in the same way in the BLT, there's a, there's a really intense layer of bacon and you're balancing that with the lettuce and the mayonnaise and the tomatoes. And so I think paying, same with the turkey sandwich, the basic bitch turkey sandwich that we made. It was maybe a half an inch of turkey. And then there was like piles of other things on it. And I think um, oftentimes when you think about a sandwich, because the name of the sandwich is often whatever that protein is, or that's kind of like the turkey sandwich, the tuna sandwich, you tend to sort of focus in, all of your effort on that one ingredient where really actually doing justice to that ingredient means focusing on everything around it.
1: Yeah. I think bias towards more other stuff, vegetables, et cetera, ratio uh, to meat in general has been, it it just lightens up. Yeah. It just lightens up the sandwich too. Like some of these sandwiches can get so heavy, but if you just make sure to kind of bias towards, uh, you know, your, your other stuff, it, it, it lightens it and like you said it kind of gives the the protein uh, a way to shine that that isn't domineering and and heavy totals on that note also um i think one thing that i i've found uh is that we use a lot of mayo um mayo is everywhere uh in american sandwiches in particular and i think that as
0: it should be honestly
1: as it should be mayo is glorious Cupy mayo is is the best we've established the g-mote if you
0: will the greatest mayonnaise of all time
1: (laughs) (laughs) The The but what we did every time was we like transformed our normal mayo into something exciting and special that you know was both the kind of you know functionally the binding agent for all these delicious elements within the sandwich but also had you know a lot to say and a lot to add in terms of its own Flavor profile: so smoked paprika mayo on the BLT, chili crisp mayo on the chicken sandwich, hot sauce mayo on our breakfast sandwich, chimichurri mayo. On I mean, the sandwich. list goes on and we, on. The list goes <laughs> Honestly, on. Honestly,
0: it's it's your canvas. I think that that's the takeaway. Is like. You can, you can make an iconic sandwich and you can sort of tweak the flavor profile um, to your liking and in many different ways. And oftentimes, the way to do that is by making a like zhuzhed up mayonnaise of some sort for the sandwich. And so, that is just get zhuzhen, dog.
1: Just get zhuzhen.
0: Okay. And then, la- lastly, unless you have any more, I just want to reiterate one last time that sesame sourdough is king of the sandwich kingdom.
1: There can be only one.
0: There is only one king, but there can also be a queen, and <laughs> I would like yeah. to
1: nominate
0: milk bread, Japanese milk bread, because milk I feel bread, like yes. it was kind of a, it was a
1: it was a sleeper. It was, it was a, sleeper a sleeper hit,
0: and uh, once we like cracked open a a loaf of set of milk bread and made a BLT with it, we we were kind of like, this is it. So if we're talking anywhere that you want to your, – your inclination is to use store-bought, squishy, white bread, wonder bread, whatever. If you can access Japanese milk bread, you will not be sorry.
1: Yeah. It's, it's just – it's everything you love about squish bread but a little bit more structure, a little bit more, uh, you know, kind of like uh, – it's a little more solid – Um, But it's just as light and and fluffy and easy. And
0: the flavor is so friggin' good. It's it's glorious. So that's that's kind of the wrap on what we learned, which I feel like that was a lot already. I could go on for hours, but I feel like those are some really big core elements that we kind of took away from this pod that hopefully you guys can apply to your sandwich making Endeavors. endeavors moving forward. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Cabot Creamery. What some of you may not know about Cabot Creamery is that it is a B Corp, which means that not only do they feed the mouths of Americans with incredibly delicious cheese, but they do it in a sustainable, ethical, community-minded way. So we love Cabot. So this week is a little different because instead of asking you guys what your questions are with regards to any particular sandwich, we thought we'd open the floor to you and just ask you for your weirdest, wildest, most delicious kind of off the beaten path flavor combinations or sandwiches as a whole that you have had in your lifetime that fall outside of the sort of canon of American deli sandwiches that we've been tackling. And we got a lot of responses from you. So we are going to...
1: I mean, 300 million sandwiches a day.
0: Yeah, I mean, everybody's got something to say. So without further ado, let's hear from you.
2: Hi there, my name is Lauren Dowling. I'm based in uh, Boulder County, Colorado. Originally hailing from Dallas, Texas, where my street grandmother used to make these sandwiches for me. Um, At the time, I didn't really realize they were kind of like a pate, a pate-esque spread. But man, I loved these as a kid. You get a can of Vienna sausages, as cheap as that sounds, and even gross to even think about canned sausages. But you you can get a can or two cans of those and probably um, one tablespoon of really good mayo per can, and you smash that together making it a paste and then adding lots of black pepper um, and making it spread. You can add more mayonnaise if you wanted and then get some really good sandwich bread or even a sourdough, toast that, and then you spread it. And then we cut them like tea sandwiches and ate them. Man, it's tasty and it's cheap and uh, part of my childhood. I am –
0: whoa, I don't know what your take on this was, but I am – so into it i'm
1: i'm absolutely into it i mean black pepper and mayonnaise it's kind of the keys Uh, uh, keys to our hearts
0: i just love the ingenuity of of like creating your own pate (laughs)
1: yeah totally
0: like no one's gonna actually make pate at home but and also like vienna sausages are basically just hot dogs and we love hot dogs so it's just like you're making like spreadable (laughs) hot hot
1: dog pate (laughs)
0: It's a hot dog spread. Is there anything more delicious than that? It's epic. It it's honestly so smart and I'm going I'm going to try it. I don't even know where to get a a can. I guess you can get them anywhere. Libby's makes them. Yeah.
1: I do think that sh- this sandwich could probably uh benefit from a little bit of veg or like stuff around. Um, Dare
0: we say pickles? I mean, hot dogs and pickles.
1: Come
0: on, (laughs) like a pickle and Vienna sausage pate sandwich. Sign me up. Mm. I love it. Okay, let's hear another one.
2: Hey guys, it's Kanali from Sydney, Australia. I want to talk you through my legendary invention called the sandbreak. It is a sandwich and breakfast in one. All right, here we go. You need two pieces of highly processed white bread. Then you need crunchy peanut butter. Must be crunchy. Slap that on the two pieces of white bread, then sprinkle on crunchy nut cornflakes and slap the two pieces together. And you need to cut it diagonally and enjoy. It is texturally incredible. And Molly, I'm sure you want to add some molden in there. So go ahead and do that. I haven't tried it yet, but she I'm sure it's you. delish. Enjoy. My girl.
0: <laughs> she knows the way to my heart. Well, I think... Um, she clearly understands the importance of texture in a sandwich. I mean, that thing is all texture. That thing is a big it's texture. It's crunchy peanut butter and then cornflakes and then molden salt. I mean, we'll try. I'm not sure. She said something about a specific kind of cornflake. And I was just wondering, is it like a frosted flake or is it is it more of a savory thing? I do not know. Didn't she say like a crunch cornflake?
1: We can only hope. Yeah. We can only hope that it's a savory number.
0: Or, I mean... I do get down with a
1: frosted (laughs) flake.
0: (laughs) Okay, love it. Texture all the way. So my grandpa has made himself famous for his peanut butter and chicken salad sandwich. He takes white, smushy bread, puts creamy peanut butter on one side, chicken salad on the other side, and then layers Ritz crackers in between and smushes it together. It is a textural phenomenon. Wow. Another win for the textural lovers. Um, I feel like there's something is happening in the world wherein people are putting peanut butter on everything. Peanut butter is going in most sandwiches, <laughs> most, I would say. Like, Three
1: hundred million sandwiches per day. I'd say 50% have peanut butter.
0: 250 million of them <laughs> include peanut butter. I, I, I got maybe, I don't know, like 30,000 responses to my Instagram ask about these sandwiches, and I would say 95% of them included peanut yeah,
1: butter. Yeah, totally. And in fact, my, my aunt told me recently that my grandfather liked to have peanut butter and mayonnaise sandwiches, and someone reached out to me on my Instagram and said the same thing. Peanut butter. Way to go, not- Big. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so how patronizing. <laughs> um,
0: how many DMs did oh, you get, God, Big? It was
1: just a flood. I couldn't keep them off me. Um... No, So peanut butter and mayonnaise sandwich, which brought to my mind like a PB&J, but for savory people.
0: Oh, really? Um, That brings to my mind like a vomit in my mouth.
1: It's not. It doesn't sound that tasty to me. I mean, it sounds kind of weirdly tasty, but also, yeah, weirdly horrid.
0: Like I just imagine it sloshing around in your mouth and it's all
1: fat. Maybe if it was extra crunchy and reinforced. Um, But anyways, I think you're right. The the phenomenon of peanut butter being in and around sandwiches is is. is it's you a know, thing. It's, it's happening. Present. You heard it's happening it here first, there.
0: folks. Okay, all should right. we take another one?
1: Let's do it.
3: I wanna introduce you to the Bombay sandwich. So you started off with a nice fluffy white bread, all the crust like cut off, clean edges, really soft and fluffy from the get-go. Then you had a layer of amul butter. Amul is a household um, brand in India. Um, nice creamy butter consistency. So you had the butter and then you had the mint coriander chutney. It's amazing, it's got a little bit of green chilies, it's nice and savory, but you had the mint and coriander really play well together. Some people will also add an additional tamarind sauce to add a little sweetness to it. So you had another layer, but mostly it was just the mint, coriander, um, chutney then you had grated cheese thinly sliced cucumber adding that crunch element which is perfect and, and it was cool so it really works well with like any spiciness that was coming from the mint chutney
1: it just sounds so fresh
3: oh god it i'm sounds-
1: just i'm we're i'm sitting in a uh, sweaty closet recording a podcast and i just want this fresh sandwich and it sounds right now delicious
0: oh my god it sounds so good And did, <laughs> did she say I, well the one thing that i wish she would she had talked about was what kind of cheese was on it in my mind it was cheddar but i feel like that's probably not true
1: mm, yeah i wonder if it was like a paneer or i don't
0: know um, that feels like a weird would have been a, i don't know we'll have to investigate the bombay sandwich but it sounds just delightful
1: it does I have to well the the cucumber cheddar combo also brings to mind like a finish sandwich, mm-hmm. which is no on, like, so
0: good together. cucumbers
1: and sharp cheddar, just that really sharp bite and the watery, crispy cucumber yeah uh, the finish is on a brown bread, like a sprouted dry, which is also really nice, but the bombay variant with a little bit of mint chutney mm.
0: le yum!
1: okay, so this one is from the horror diaries. My grandpa used to make these sandwiches for road trips that I absolutely loved. It was built on plain white bread with tomato ketchup spread on one slice of bread, Indian green coriander chutney on the other slice, not too spicy, but quite tangy, and filled with nakim, which is the crunchy fried snack, little fried chickpea flowers snacks covered in spices.
0: How wild that two of our Collins today are both like reps for the chutney play in a sandwich i love it i love it so much
1: (laughs) i still love it (laughs) we (laughs) We talked
0: about it five minutes ago i still love it um the ketchup is interesting that kind of feels to me like the ketchup in this sandwich is playing a similar role that the tamarind chutney Mm -hmm. was in the last sandwich but what i'm super excited about in this sandwich is the crunchy fried chickpea flour snacks because just before coming into the closet to record this podcast today
1: what were we eating yep
0: <laughs> we were eating little crispy fried indian snacks covered in spices and Delicious. they were the best They're and now so just imagine good. that deck and just instead of potato chips you smash those up and you put them in a sandwich
1: mhm i feel like that also gets to something that we've been seeing a lot uh in the in the you know sandwich the weird sandwich combos which is like some kind of crunchy, chippy thing that, again, like Mm. add that like heavy textural element.
0: Here's one coming in from at Laura Tapper. My
3: epic sandwich experience was around 10 years ago at Smorgasburg in Williamsburg. It was this chicken schnitzel sandwich that was topped with a kale Caesar salad. It had a fried egg. Um, There was grana padano cheese and it was on this great pretzel bun. And I just, clearly remember standing there in the sunshine and biting into this perfect, hot, crispy, salty, runny situation.
0: I am so, <laughs> so thrilled to hear this because it's been a little bit painful for me to not have been able to really talk about Caesar salad or incorporate Caesar salad in any way into the sandwiches in this podcast. Because what do you mean? Not- made a-
1: wasn't the egg salad like a Caesar member? Oh, yeah. Big salad Caesar. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, never mind. Well, guess what? We didn't do it enough.
1: Yeah, just one, <laughs> a mere one sandwich was Caesar salad. Wasn't
0: enough sandwiches. <laughs> didn't even register, like, on my radar. I
1: know, because you you, you didn't like my Caesar salad. That's why. You that's did, not true. I, I did. You did. You're broken you just Caesar. Didn't, you just didn't like that I did it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a completely different problem. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> but I'm loving that she's talking about caesar salads inside of a sandwich i'm thinking she's thinking like the actual salad itself is inside the sandwich which it deserves to be i mean think about a grilled chicken caesar wrap that's something we could have probably tackled and really leveled up
1: i feel like yeah this one also just reading this i'm like there's a good balance there's chicken schnitzel there's kale salad there's a fried egg like there's there's a good like you know uh, distribution of different things. It's not just a uh, schnitzel in my head. Yeah,
0: and I also just want to say that I've been thinking a lot about schnitzel. Okay, <laughs>
1: <laughs> you've been thinking about schnitzel. That's all. You've been thinking about something thoughts. breaded and something deep fried, <laughs> and it could be a schnitzel and, and pounded,
0: and it may or may not be a schnitzel. So put in okay. your pipe and smoke okay. it big. <laughs>
1: um, all right, one more. This one is. This one definitely is going to be. Uh, this one's trying. It comes from Adam OB eighty three, who says: "Bologna, cheese whiz, strawberry jam, and dill pickle—a sixth grader's fever dream."
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I
3: don't want to um,
1: eat that.
0: I'm sorry, Adam.
1: I mean, yeah, someone left the kids at home.
0: <laughs> I guess if you if you could just take out the strawberry jam, would eat. Not a huge mm. cheese whiz fan, but I can see how it's coming what together. Is, what
1: exactly is cheese? Cheese whiz? is it just like aerated cheese.
0: Yeah, it's like shelf stable, aerated, stabilized nacho cheese in a can. It's basically ready whip, but make it cheese.
1: Wow. I mean, I I like it better than ready whip. I don't mm. like whipped cream that much. Yeah,
0: that's true. But still, so I'm kind of
1: down for this, but. Yeah. Is there, like, a fancy version, or is it all, like, you know? Oh, of cheese Whiz? No, but should we invent that
0: and get rich?
1: That could be the next big thing.
0: Let's offline about that. (laughs) Don't take our ideas, anyone. Um, Because what if, because, okay, fine, let's just keep talking about it. What if we did invent, like, an elevated cheese Whiz, and then we swapped out the bologna for Morty D, Mm. and then we had, like, Cornichon on there, and we just said, F it to the strawberry jam. jam would
1: be, you know... (laughs) Hand-seeded uh, hand with goose quills, <laughs> currant jam. Oh, yeah,
0: goose quills, seeded, current jam. Like, I would eat that at that point.
1: What kind of bread is this on?
0: I'm thinking it's probably squish It's bread. probably squish bread.
1: <laughs> You're noticing If I know my uh, sixth yeah, graders, yeah, like, true, I think right. I do.
0: <laughs> okay, you wild for that one, Adam. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you wild for that one. <laughs>
0: oh. Okay, do we want another one? Keep them coming.
1: How about this from... Legalized jackalopes. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's the handle. Legalized jackalopes.
0: What's a jackalope? <laughs> What's a oh, jackalope? God. Like an antelope jackalope, jackrabbit like, combo?
1: There you go. Wow. <laughs> You're, she's quick. I mean, yeah, antelize um,
0: those things. Antelize, legalize.
1: <laughs> <laughs> antelize.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: Okay. Pea and mayo sandwich. This was my childhood request. Oh, that's it. Pee. That's it. Uh, like you took a breath. I thought
0: you were going to keep going. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, no, no. That's it. Just peas. I mean, huh. is it like sugar I I'm like cuz my first thought is like little, you know, green peas. I think it's boiled Shocked.
0: green
1: peas. You think it's boiled green peas? That's a mushy. It's a mushy that's pea sandwich. That's a mushy pea sandwich.
0: Did you say pea but and mayo? Like, you said pea and
1: mayo. Yeah. Mayo, pea and mayo. <sighs> what if it was sugar snappy? Or something like that.
0: Okay. I think I would eat it if it were bl- blanched and chilled English peas and then thinly sliced sugar snap peas that got, like, marinated in, in a nice, like, zippy, zingy, lemony, vinegary, garlicky dressing. Hmm. And then, and that was like the three quarters of the sandwich. And then there was like a garlicky mayo on the other side. So it was like super crunchy. Mm-hmm. And, and the, it was almost mm-hmm. like a pea salad kind of in the middle.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Would eat. And maybe like, like prosciutto or something oh, hell yeah. like meaty. Yeah. <laughs> because I feel like without something else, peas and mayo, it's just, I, I, I love a simple sandwich. I really do, but I don't know. It
0: may just be too simple okay let's take one more one last one okay this is coming in from at calvin and he says a crusty baguette filled with crushed up heated frozen mini chicken pot pie and a drizzle of sriracha (laughs) yum
1: I mean, switch it up with the baguette. Gotta love yeah. that.
0: Yeah. Shout um, out to the baguette.
1: More baguette sandwiches are, are needed in the world. Wait,
0: I'm kind of loving this because it's like a, it's like a, it's like a, almost like a gravy, chicken and gravy mm. moment. It's taking me almost in like a French dip direction.
1: Mm. I'm thinking, yeah, I mean, it feels very, uh, European. Does it? Or does it just
0: <laughs> sound like homie got high?
1: <laughs> I mean, at the moment. This drizzle of sriracha definitely gives it all away.
0: <laughs> it's the giveaway. But also, mind you, he's crushing up a frozen mini chicken pot pie.
1: <laughs> Gotta love the ingenuity. I love this dude so Gotta much. Love the ingenuity. Yeah.
0: Calvin, my boy. Yeah. Um, I mean, would try, yeah, honestly. Absolutely. Not mad at it. I actually love sriracha. I know you're kind of a sriracha what are you hater. Talking That's like super whack thing how, about you. You're whack dare with sriracha.
1: You? <laughs> I, all I'm saying you is don't like sriracha. All I'm saying is that if I have my choice, sriracha is at the bottom of the list after sambal and chili crisp. That's all. That is okay. all. Okay.
0: Well, that's a very small list. Well, it's it, a closed minded list. I'm not, I'm not list. saying
1: it doesn't have a place. It surely does.
0: All right, Calvin. You did me in, Calvin. <laughs> you guys are cray.
1: <laughs> you guys are wild.
0: Are we going to get wild? I think, in the ha- sandwich I think we should. Category? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think we have to. We have to. So okay. I'm doing uh,
0: Where to even begin with this? Invent your own. I mean, the world is our oyster. Should we do do an oyster sandwich? (laughs) So instead of normally, we kind of go from the outside in bread wise. But I think for the sake of creating our own, let's identify what that core protein is going to be and then work our way out from the sandwich. So one other thing, as I mentioned recently, just a few minutes ago, is that I've been thinking about schnitzel and I've been thinking about. Like all different, all the different kinds of pounded, breaded, and fried meats that there are—the Milanese, the schnitzel, the pork katsu—and we did a fried chicken sandwich, but we didn't do a fried pork cutlet sandwich. Mm. Are you down for a juicy, pounded, breaded pork cutlet, like panko fried?
1: Absolutely, yes. I I think the only parameter I want to introduce is that it can't be too heavy.
0: I love that. I think that's a great constraint for us when we begin to now talk about what's going on around it. So let's just say for the sandwich, we'll do, I want to do pork shoulder um, so that it's like juicy and marbled and we will like pound it, bread it in panko and deep fry it. And that will be our base. We could maybe do like a little bit of a marinade situation, but let's figure out next what's happening around it flavor profile wise
1: okay you sure about pork shoulder (sighs) big (laughs) i don't know
0: (laughs) i I I think pork shoulder sounds great so we want to do something to brighten and lighten it up and for me that's that's meaning like again some kind of i want to do something crunchy on here like i I, I'm, i'm feeling a slaw of sorts and it doesn't need to be like a sweet cabbage slaw but i just mean like a a crunchy vegetable slaw
1: What about uh, just cuz we just talked about sugar snap peas and they like are kind of interesting alt I feel like for something crunchy and fresh like mm. could could there be a sugar snap pea slaw There could
0: there could There uh there could also be a celery slaw There could <laughs> <laughs> cool. This is going really uh, well.
1: <laughs> I mean, why not just do both? We could just. I mean,
0: we could do a sugar snap and celery slaw. Like, like, and and maybe we take inspiration from this coriander mint chutney. Mm, and maybe yes. it's getting dressed in that. Like, yes. we're making because you know it's a kind of a loose sort of spicy condiment of mm-hmm. of blended serrano chilies, mint, cilantro. And what if we dress our celery snap piece slaw in that?
1: Okay. Yes. Sounds so
0: good. I mean, come yeah. on. Yeah. For some reason I also feel like I want parm in there though. Yeah. Like shards. Okay, that sounds fun. Um so we've got our j- slaw. We've got our juicy, <laughs> crispy cork shoulder cutlet. <laughs> um, what I do I still think we need a binding agent kind of mayonnaise y situation. I mean, the question
1: is what are we doing to the mayonnaise? We've already got the the kind of fresh, minty, you know, a little bit of heat. A little bit of acid, slaw.
0: Okay. I have an idea.
1: Synthesize.
0: So you know what tonato is? So for those of you who don't, tonato is a condiment that's basically mayonnaise. It's bas- It's sort of like a Caesar dressing, honestly. It's a mayonnaise that has, instead of anchovies, blended into it it's tuna tuna fish like oil canned tuna that gets blended into it along with mustard and black pepper and lemon juice and whatever else and so maybe instead of doing an anchovy aioli what if we do like a tonato and so it's a tuna aioli type of situation that gets blended and because tonato is traditionally um, drizzled over thinly sliced veal, but we're doing a pork play here and pork cutlet, but I could see them working together in the same Mm -hmm. way.
1: I feel like, I feel like we're hitting all the notes. We're leveling up seafood. We're doing something with a breaded fried pork thing. We're getting it to be fresh and light. I'm into this.
0: One thing I just want to say, I feel weird about the fact there's no pickles on this sandwich, and I'm thinking we should put them in the slot. There are pickles. Okay. (laughs) There are pickles on (laughs) this. It's just table steaks. They're in
1: the slot, Or just pickle planks, even.
0: Well, then that brings us to our last question, which is, what is the bread? And I think we should go three, two, one, and at the same time say which kind of bread we think it should be on. Okay. Three, two, one. Milk bread. Sesame sourdough. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, so predictable. I just, it's unbelievable. It's too much of a mouthful for me on sesame sourdough. Like, we already have no. the cutlet. It's so tall. Like, we're never going to even be able to get our, our mouths around that sandwich.
1: No, see, I, okay, so I thought about, the two things I thought about immediately were milk bread and a uh, bun. Yeah, Like some same. kind of brioche bun or whatever. The reason I ended up on sesame sourdough is because I feel like It's first of all, it's unexpected, which I think will just be like nice. And I feel like if you cut the sesame sourdough at like a little bit, a a thinner slice than you normally do. Mm -hmm. um, Like I'm I'm thinking like a half inch to even a third of an inch, like pretty hard to do. But yeah, I, I can handle it. Don't worry.
0: I am just I'm I'm worried at the just like unruliness of the sandwich overall, and I guess the reason that I went with milk bread is I was kind of thinking in the like Japanese katsu sando direction, yeah, and yeah. it's just it's a classic choice for a for a cutlet like this. But you know what, Big, I'm gonna give you this one.
1: Okay. Because
0: right. I feel like you've taken my lead on a lot of things in this podcast, and it's your turn to prove. You're worth.
1: <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna have to show that I can both cut a sesame sourdough slice at one third of an inch, and that it was the right choice.
0: Great, I'm in. So to recap: sesame sourdough on the outside, tonato as our lubricant, a crispy panko breaded pork Juicy cutlet, pork topped cutlet. with a celery snap pea slaw that's dressed in a mint and cilantro chutney.
1: Forget about it. That's a delicious sandwich.
0: I, ho- I sure hope so. <laughs> okay, so this episode is a special episode because we have partnered with Cabot Creamery to give away a one-year supply of cheese to two winners throughout the season. And we're going to announce the final winner right here, right now.
1: Hey, Charlene.
0: Hi. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you. Awesome. Good. Well, we are excited to have you on the line because we wanted to let you know that you have just won a year's supply of Cabot Creamery cheese.
1: Really? Yeah. Wow. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Cheese is my favorite food group. (laughs) Perfect. It is. Perfect. Perfect.
0: We would love to hear what you think you plan to do with all that cheese oh i'm thinking
1: about tacos and a zucchini cheese melt and i'm thinking all kinds of food oh interesting <laughs> what's a wait what's a zucchini cheese melt um
0: you do like like a yellow and a green zucchini and then you put
1: cheese your zucchini down a little sauce your cheese it's it's oh. amazing is it a sandwich no it's like a casserole okay wow okay 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 well,
0: nice. thanks for listening to The Sandwich Universe and we hope that you enjoy all that cheese. Oh, I definitely will. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks, Charlene. Bye. You're so welcome. Take care. Take care. Bye-bye. Okay, weekend mom. not a peep out of you.
1: Honestly, I... I'm so excited for this
0: one. Me too, I'm hungry. I fasted for the last three hours. Really?
1: I also fasted.
0: I'm gonna start with the tonnato. I'm making it in a blender. Basically making a mayonnaise here. And I'm gonna blend in the tuna and some mustard and anchovies. You want to cut the pork shoulder into like kind of medallion-y sized pieces knowing that they're gonna expand as you... Pound them between two pieces of parchment. I don't have a meat mallet, but I'm thinking you could just pound it with a wine bottle. Okay, I'm going. Time to pound. Time to pound.
1: Wine bottle. Wow, this line looks nice that I'm about to use to.
0: Maybe don't use that bottle. Why? There's a bottle that I don't care about there, just in case it happens to.
1: Let's put this in the fridge, actually. Okay. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Let's get this chilling right away. Chilling
1: immediately. (laughs) Did you season the cutlets?
0: Yep. Chutney going into a bowl, and I'm gonna build my whole slaw in here. Okay, I'm gonna cut these sugar snaps pretty thin.
1: Yep, on a bias, I trust.
0: Yes, of course. Nothing but the best for you, Big.
1: All right, bread on this is going, I'm going super thin, I'm going half inch. Okay. I want it to be Show us what you got, knife skills. I think single dredge. Yeah. It's a pretty thin cutlet.
0: Yeah, but I don't, I want this to be a manageable sandwich.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Sizzling, we sizzling.
1: We're sizzling down here.
0: Wow, this is wild. Yes. Here we go. Here we go. Cheers to our last sandwich. Cheers. Oh <laughs> <laughs> this thing is ridiculous.
1: Mm.
0: It's unlike anything I've ever had.
1: That juicy pork cutlet with minty Chinese slaw.
0: Do you feel me on the shoulder or what? Absolutely. It's so juicy.
1: Oh. I feel full. I feel full. Um, what a journey. And it's a
0: collective fullness. Yeah, it's not it's like, like a fullness from that last sandwich. It's like a fullness from the last eight weeks, weeks and all those sandwiches.
1: sandwich eating.
0: So many questions, so many answers, so many discoveries, so many takeaways. I learned a lot. I
1: I feel like I actually learned. Yeah, the definitely. Most.
0: <laughs> no, I actually learned a lot as well. I mean, every time I step foot in the kitchen, I learned something. Well, how cheesy did that just sound? <laughs> Um, I just shed a tear. (laughs) But truly, the more you make sandwiches, the better you get at it. And the more you kind of like dial in. And I really feel like that culminated in one final sandwich that kind of knocked our socks off. And so I do I like to think that everything we learned in the past nine episodes was sort of like cumulative education um, in sandwich cookery. And I hope that everyone else has too. I hope that all of you have taken something away from one episode or two episodes, or maybe you're a diehard Sandwich Universe head. What are they called, the Sandwich Universe heads?
1: Sandonauts.
0: Oh, <laughs> so dorky. You just abbreviated astronaut. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, to all my fellows, Sandonauts, um, I hope you leave this season with. A refreshed and newfound love of sandwiches with a fervor for sandwiches, a pressing desire and or need to get in the kitchen and start making sandwiches. And we want to see them all. So if you make them in your homes... Don't forget to take pictures of them and tag me at Molly Boz and Declan at Declan Bond and Food 52 at f 52 podcasts and tag Cabot, our beloved presenting sponsor at Cabot Cheese, because we are all dying to see what you come up with. So that's all for now, folks. And if you if you loved this season,
1: tell a friend,
0: please leave a review,
1: lend a hand
0: so that we may get renewed for next season. <laughs>
1: But yeah, thanks for uh, joining on the adventure.
0: And we hope to see you again sometime soon. Goodbye. I don't want to say goodbye, so I'm just going to leave.